0: Before we get started on Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine, we'd like to tell you about the Miracle Moments Luncheon to benefit Easter Seals UCP Port Health. Earfluence, which produces this podcast, is a proud sponsor, and we'd like you to join us May first, twenty twenty four, at eleven thirty Eastern Time at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary. This event helps raise funds and awareness for the life changing direct services provided to more than forty thousand children, adults, and families living with disabilities, mental health, and substance challenges so they can live their best lives. We'll put more information on Easter Seals and the luncheon in the show notes, but again, that's Wednesday, May 1st at 1130 at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary, and we hope to see you there.
1: Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, microbatch bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit oldraleydistillery.com follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. They work with cities from large cities like Atlanta to medium-sized cities like Grand Rapids or even tiny little towns like Macon, Georgia to figure out how to activate their downtowns. Downtown's identity doesn't need to be centered on Fayetteville Street.
0: Right. It is a larger area that has a lot of thriving pockets right now as we speak.
1: You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball you'd be surprised what people will tell us. RMO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. One of the most listened to podcasts we've ever done was Fayetteville Street Facelift. Why? Because whether you're a stakeholder, resident, office worker, or someone who just frequents downtown, it's obvious downtown is struggling. People see that street as an indicator of what the rest of the city is doing. The idea that it's hard to present as a number two best place to live in the U.S. with empty storefronts, it's counterintuitive. It can give the impression that our city's not thriving, but that's not the case. With me today to talk about the city's newest fix-it plan for Fayetteville Street in downtown, Editor-in-Chief Melissa Hausen
0: yeah, so we've been covering this now for you mentioned this is one of our most popular podcasts. It was also one of our most popular um editorial stories, I think, two summers ago. Um, we did a follow-up story now twice since then. One of the main driving factors up until now that has been thought to be needed on you know the main street, quote unquote, was retail. And that has has just been the primary focus in all of our interviews. You know, how do we bring retail to this otherwise kind of retail desert?
1: Yeah. So two years ago, funny enough, I sat down with David Meeker, you know, owner of Trophy Brewing, Young Hearts, um, Carpenter Development, but a stakeholder. He also sits on the uh, Downtown Raleigh Alliance Economic Development Strategy Committee. And, and he said to me, he we talked that day about how the storefronts on Fayetteville Street were narrow and didn't have a lot of windows, mm-hmm. and how how important it would be to get Apple or someone big like that to come downtown to be on Fayetteville Street, and how that was really the plan. Mm-hmm. And it was ambitious, and there was talk of moving museums and moving this to bring more retail mm-hmm. in, and here we sit two years later. It was crazy. So right before this uh, September issue went to the printer, and, you know, it, In the days right before, I saw an interview. Yeah, it was days before. I mean, I yeah, I always give her a heart attack when I come (laughs) in with some new information. I'm like, wait, wait, stop the presses! (laughs) Literally, (laughs) literally, right? And and David was interviewed by ABC 11, and his quote was, "You know, we need to rethink what we think will make Faithful Street, Main Street, successful." And retail is not the answer. And I, because I knew that had been the mantra for so long, retail, retail, retail. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, the timing of that was not coincidental.
0: No, and you listen, I really wish you guys could be a fly on the wall sometimes for these meetings because it's so funny that she like comes in on two wheels, she's so excited about this like revelation basically and you know it's it is fascinating because it's it was a nuanced statement that maybe you're the only person watching would have really picked up on you know that that was such a um tide change for him and i think too i just wanted to say like after your original conversation with him when i interviewed him he was very passionate about the retail and he did talk about how the narrow storefronts were a challenge but it was also if you picture these, I'm saying this, if you picture these bigger cities like Michigan Avenue in Chicago, Broadway in New York, whatever, um, you're picturing these large storefronts. Well, okay, great, we don't have that. But what we do have is these massively wide sidewalks. Mm-hmm. And he was fascinated by those and how those could be, you know, something that would attract business. So it was really fascinating that this was a a, a change of direction. Um, and so it turned out that the timing coincided with – this, I guess, committee, hiring an urban planning studio mm-hmm. out of Philadelphia. So they had put a bunch of, like, high-level companies to Paces, and they had landed on Interface Studio out of Philadelphia, which is just a planning and urban design practice. And they were selected by DRE in July. And so they had just—well, they were, they were literally in town, it turned out. Yeah.
1: That day, we found out. Well, and— and I love companies like this. This would be the ideal job. I have n- no skill set for this, but I just think it'd be fascinating because, you know, they work with cities from large cities like Atlanta to medium-sized cities like Grand Rapids or even tiny little towns like Macon, Georgia to figure out how to activate their downtowns. Or and And some of these places, you know, don't have anything, I mean, to work with. And then some of them have, you know, beautiful lakes. They have all kinds of things to really activate. So it's really fascinating that they were here in town, looking at the city overall, um, meeting with the committees, Mm -hmm. um, listening to what business owners had to say. And yeah, I was on two wheels because I'm like, we got to talk to these people. They're in town. And Lauren sat down with them.
0: Yeah. um, you know, Kudos to her. She got Meeker on the phone. She got Bill King, DRA president, on the phone. And she went and met in person with Interface and while they were here, and I think one of my favorite parts of that, I could hear the conversation with Meeker <laughs> in walls, and I was like sitting there, so I could hear that, and then I thought that was really interesting to hear him reiterate to her again. I don't think that retail is the answer, and so I'm like, we've got to get to the bottom of this, and she goes to talk to, to Interface. They said a, a couple of really interesting things, and one of them was that maybe we don't need to build... I'm. Riffing on this, not exact words, but downtown's identity doesn't need to be centered on Fayetteville Street. Right. It is a larger area that has a lot of thriving pockets right now as we speak. And so maybe we can. You know, we just, we, we are also doing a podcast on energy right now. We've just been talking about this. And so maybe you figure out how to take energy from a different space, right? Instead right. of just putting all the emphasis on this space. The other thing that he talked about, which of course, you know, just, I love words. So this entertained me endless, endlessly is that they have this term that they call blaza, like blah instead of plaza. And so you know you run the risk of this any kind of dead space um, becoming a blaza after mm-hmm. a while if it's not activated well, and um, I believe the Wall Washington Journal or Wall Street Journal somebody just did a, a article this week on what they called urban doom loops, which to me read very similarly. Yeah. Um, this idea that these spaces sort of are in this, are all coming out of the same thing. This is not a Raleigh problem. No. This is an urban problem. And it's how do you reactivate these areas and re-energize them, which is something that, you know, you've you've been talking about being very cyclical anyway. And, I mean, in Raleigh especially, like, It was a pedestrian street mall before.
1: Right. Well, I'll interject. I was in Jacksonville, Florida. I I can't remember when, but I was shocked. I mean, you're talking about waterfront. It's beautiful, right? I mean, it should be. Yeah. And (laughs) you've got empty storefronts just, and, and you're talking about waterfront property. Yeah. And it's like- if they can't make it work, you start to think, okay, wait a minute, what what's the problem here? But it is it is funny how things are cyclical. That's why I don't throw many things away. But it—so <laughs> seven years ago, Raleigh Magazine did a story when the business owners downtown were lobbying the city for fewer festivals on Fayetteville Street. That's incredible. But, they, but, but at the time, the yeah. festival would roll in, the streets would be closed— People who weren't going to the festival, you and I, maybe it wasn't something that interested us. So we avoided downtown. Mm-hmm. Streets were closed off. And then the festival would end. It would roll up. Festival goes home. All the people go home. Well, st- the rest of us are still thinking, ah, I'm not going downtown. It's closed off. And so those businesses were losing money. Yeah. And especially the restaurants. And so, and now part of the thought process is, let's get them back down here. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, you know, let's start having more things. Um, And and we did the concert series. You know, the Live After Five was back this summer. yeah, and
0: with the stadium series and all the events downtown. And, you know, honestly, I feel like the activations for me, like the way that they're amping up, I feel like the street's being used pretty well. You have hopscotch coming. I feel like like downtown does a good job activating that space on a somewhat regular basis to shut it it down. But I think the larger issue is beyond that. You know, I'm not the one to say whether or not they could do more or less, but... It's what are the businesses that are attracting people to come down there when there's not an event, you know? But I agree
1: with you, and and I think I like Fayetteville Street. It's great, but I don't see the things, most of the things I do aren't on Fayetteville Street. Same. I might have dinner on, you know, Hargett Street and end up at Foundation on Fayetteville Street, but it goes the other way for me. I'm not going to Fayetteville Street and then ending up elsewhere. I I start somewhere else and end up on Fayetteville Street. And so I think the idea that we have to fix that is not necessarily the quickest route to handle this. Oh, Maybe I totally agree.
0: And I, I, I don't know if we'll ever know this, but I will say that, you know, when Fayetteville Street first reopened... Out of a pedestrian mall, there was this electricity, mm-hmm. and there was this excitement because it was new and exciting and different, not unlike North Hills Mall getting knocked down and becoming the the Midtown that it is today. And so the difference is, you know, Midtown's kept that energy, and whether you want to blame Junktown or COVID or, you know, on the broken glass, wh- whatever— something happened here that was very different where it kind of like the energy got sucked out of it. And like I said, it's not just happening in Raleigh, you know? And so I think trying to figure out like what, what downtown is and who it's for beyond office workers. And that's another interesting thing. We just had breakfast with, um, Skip Hill, who's the vice president of Highwoods who owns for the towers, um, on Fayetteville street. And so he has a, quite a lot of stake literally in this. And he has, um, his his input's very interesting and i think one of the things that i always question him on every time we get the chance to talk to him is that he says that their properties are 80% or over. more over 80% leased and those numbers don't jibe with what's being reported in terms of downtown office oh,
1: yeah i mean leasing well there was even stories done over the last couple of weeks that there was conversation about taking some of our office buildings and turn them into apartments. And he goes, we don't have enough office buildings that are built and, and done that we need to do that. He goes, mm-hmm. I, that's somebody looking for headlines. Again, over 80%, we're in pretty good shape compared to others. Now, getting people to come back and eat dinner and have a drink and shop downtown is different and giving those workers somewhere to go, yeah. Right. And I want to be
0: clear that, yeah, I knew that his numbers were accurate, but I was just right. like, how yeah. is that possible? If you if you have this such little space, you know, why is this being reported? I think that, and we run into this a lot, you know, we're we're journalists, but it's like, where are the numbers coming from? How is this happening? And then the f- the fear that it perpetuates, and then all of that's perception, and perception becomes reality. Right. And so, if you're told that Fayetteville Street is a ghost town. You don't even think maybe to come down here and go to Big Easy or Sono or whatever. And whereas, like, the people that are down here are—I mean, we're in one of those towers right now. Yes. And we're in the commons, and it's a beautiful space, and we parked. It's a beautiful day. It was supposed to be a hurricane, but it's not. It's a beautiful day. It's, like, fall weather in August. It's amazing. And um, we walked up, and there's this little plaza—not a blaza. There's this little plaza right outside— the tower, and there was people um, doing mm-hmm. work at the tables. There's people on the metal swings, and I mean, it's a beautiful downtown street. But if you're just maybe in your home in North Raleigh and you're hearing that it's a ghost town, right? You might not feel compelled to come down here and work at one of these tables or go to one of these cafes, you know.
1: A local icon since 1949, and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at shopvillagedistrict.com visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com or sign up to receive texts by texting the word village to 919-701-0202 time to add the mix into the mix of your go-to hot spots with signature craft cocktails and neat pours 12 rotating craft beers and 8 rotating fine wines plus cider and bubbles The mix has the perfect pour for everyone. Take flight with beer, wine, whiskey, mezcal, and tequila. Or not in the spirit, craft cannabis gummies and high seltzers also invite. Sprawl out on the patio, post up on the couch with your laptop on a weekday, catch the big game on multiple TVs, or cozy up in the wine library for an upscale paired tasting. Weekly events keep the good times coming from tastings to live music and more. For the full lineup of events and offerings, visit BottleMix.com. Yes, with two X's. So that's bottlemixx.com. But there's actually a lot
0: happening right now. There's a lot opening.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, so Cheeto Taco just opened recently. And if you haven't been there, you need to check it out. Great food, locally owned. Super exciting. <laughs> yes. If you And if it sounds familiar, it's at McNeil Point. Yes. That was the first location. Um, and Sir Walter Coffee is work, working to uh, start construction on their space at the other end of Fayetteville Street. So we're in the Wells Fargo building where we taped today. And that's going to be a great space that's not just coffee and lunch. That's going to be an all-day space.
0: Yeah, and I'd say off the top of my head, we know of at least three other things that are coming that we are not allowed to talk about right now. But We are allowed to talk about there's going to be an ABC store on Babel Street. Yes, we can talk about that.
1: That's exciting.
0: And also um, in the building we're in, we have news about that.
1: Skip shared with us that it's— you know, we, this building's been known for years as the Wells Fargo building, and Wells Fargo is downsizing and moving out of this building. So I really think Raleigh Magazine on the top of, the, of this building would look perfect, and that's what yep. I told Skip. Yeah, he told I, me I could have it for a price tag, and I said, do you want to trade some ads? Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to charm him. I think we uh, just yeah, still do it. Yeah, for sure. I think it would look good. But great. I think it, you know, obviously there's change. Banking industry's changed in terms of Workers and in terms of office space, they've needed. But it's it, hopefully it opens up an interesting opportunity for some naming rights for someone else to be mm-hmm. on the top of this building. It's kind of exciting.
0: Yeah. And I mean, with that, would we'll probably maybe come some additional vision for the building that would input with Highwoods, you well, know? Um, I love this I mean, it's space. a great building. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't mean that. I'm well, just I saying, think, like, you stakeholders know, have
1: opinions, you know? So we like Skip, and this is not just about we love Highwoods. Skip. I told him he should run for president. In yeah. <laughs> But it's <laughs> like, what have you whatever. done? Whatever. <laughs> but I do think it's smart when you've got traditional, uh, you know, companies that have owned office space, and you start to see them recognize that co-working space and podcast recording space is needed, and them launching the commons on this third floor mm-hmm. is such a smart move. I mean, he's got pickleball courts in mind. He's got all kinds of fun stuff in oh, mind sure for this building and this street. So. I think it's exciting, but I do, you know, it is interesting change that we're experiencing. And I think there's another idea, and boy, I'm opening a can of worms with this. I'm just going to put it out there and move on. But you know, we've spent a lot of money as a city to secure 300 acres of Dix Park, and we've got, you know, um, downtown South, that district that should be included as part of downtown. It really should. There should, mm-hmm. It shouldn't be some separate section like Midtown. I mean, it should be really cohesive and that people feel like whether you're, you know, at downtown South Venue or you're at Dix Park or you're on Fayetteville Street or on Glenwood South, you know, you're part of downtown.
0: Oh, yeah, and to, to clarify, like, you mean downtown proper because I think as residents yes. we think, I'm going downtown. I'm going to downtown South. and going to Dix no. Park. But in terms of the downtown map, they're not part the downtown
1: of map, and 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 under the guise of you know downtown Raleigh Alliance, yeah, in their and purview, more, and, yeah. yeah, exactly, and and it's more cohesive in the marketing for the city. Mm-hmm. Dix Parks n- needs to be part of downtown.
0: Oh, the same yeah. way that Central I mean,
1: Park is.
0: It's yeah. a massive urban park. They have a lot coming, and it's a great attractor. You know, and mm-hmm. it, it would make a lot of sense. And I think you know, riffing off that too to bring it full circle, we have this urban planning group that is looking at what they can do to make downtown more attractive at large and Fayetteville Street. And I think just like we, you know, bringing back to the point that there are other parts of downtown that are absolutely thriving. I would argue that Fayetteville Street is one of them, but certainly the warehouse district and some of the other districts downtown are, you know, they're, they're thriving right now. Going south is. Yeah, certainly. Smoking Hollow, yeah. exactly. So, you know, I don't think that if, when you think of downtown, if you only think of Fayetteville Street, you're doing down, like Raleigh and downtown a disservice. Like it's bigger than that.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I, I just, I think it will from a marketing standpoint and attracting visitors. There is that we've talked about it many times when you go to chicago and you know you there you go to the bean or you go to mm-hmm. seattle and the space you know there's certain iconic things you want to see when you travel
0: mhm
1: and you know dick's park and the way that it's developing could eventually be that thing oh absolutely and so it needs to be part of downtown and it needs to have connectivity to downtown which is another conversation oh gosh don't get me started on how far you have to walk if you want to get a dreamville <laughs> Yeah. Listen to the episode about her toenails. Okay. So rapid fire, you and I both have lived in lots of cities and we've also visited lots of cities. We've said this before, but, and I don't necessarily mean a being, but what is something that you wish we had more of, or we had that we don't have?
0: Such a hard question. I mean, I know we talk about this a lot, but I guess when I picture like walking around in Chicago and DC, it was just this, it it was just sort of this combination of retail, restaurants, bars, culture. You know, you could do whichever thing you wanted in those areas. And there was no question like, oh, if you just go, if you go to Georgetown or if you go to Michigan Avenue or if you go to, you know, Wrigleyville, wherever you want to go in those areas, like there was kind of something for everyone. And I know that's not like one clear answer, but I think what it's missing is this sort of like mass appeal, I guess is what I'm trying to say, that you could bring a group down here and know that there's like something for everyone. Or do you feel like we have that already? No,
1: I I, I think it's connectivity. I really do. I think we need, you know, a high line. We need... um We need some connectivity from downtown to Dix Park to downtown south to Fayetteville Street beyond getting in my car or getting on a scooter.
0: I agree. And That was actually my other answer. I just literally knew it was yours, so I don't want to steal it. Yeah. But it's true. I mean, you can get around those cities without—even though they have public transit, you can get around just on foot, and there's things to do along the way, you know. And back to the Dix Park point, you know, you can—there needs to be a way over or under— Western, yes. Period, and you know they've already done this very smartly. We just had a tour at PNC, and I we talked to Jeff Merritt about how brilliant it was that they put the tunnels under Trinity and Edwards Mill, and I guess I remember like feeling like I was praying, playing Frogger in college, and then all of a sudden there were tunnels one day, and it's like, oh, this is amazing. What it he doesn't. said
1: was, it is a blessing, an amazing miracle that someone was not killed yeah. on Trinity. Yeah, with the amount of people pouring out of football games and events after consuming alcohol or not consuming alcohol. You've got cars moving in directions. You've got highway patrol. It, it it's, it's just a miracle.
0: You know, that's a good point too, because so many thousands of people go to Dreamville and they did a great job corralling us out of there. That's a fact. But like, You know, people are—we didn't want to go the extra mile. They were literally making us go, so people are going to try to go across Western.
1: Exactly, and that's what I said. You don't want to wait until there's been one tragedy and someone gets hurt badly or killed before you go. Okay, how Mm -hmm. do we fix this connectivity? Did you attend festivals when they were on Fable Street, and did you have a favorite?
0: Yeah, I actually just had a Facebook memory about this. I just realized Facebook's like my journal. Apparently, I cannot remember the name of it, but it was Thursday nights. It was around 2012. There was live bands. Um, It was after the street had reopened, and we even like had a post that was the last one, and we didn't know what we were. That was live after
1: five, wasn't it?
0: No, that it wasn't. That it was like. Whatever activation they did when they first reopened the
1: streets. All right, now you'll listen to this, you can tell us what it exactly. is. Exactly. I cannot remember the name. I, the only two that I, you know, obviously I went to the stadium series when, when they had the big festival down there and loved it, had a great time. I love anything that's on a Friday afternoon. I mean, to me, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that was fantastic. And I, um, not a huge beer drinker, but I love Bruglou. Oh, I yeah.
0: think Shop that's Local Raleigh
1: has done a phenomenal job of creating an event that yeah it surrounds beer and drinky, but it supports the breweries from across the state and it's a fun event to go to i do love brew glue. yeah yeah i mean honestly i never met a festival i didn't like i'm sure of that <laughs> little miss social <laughs> right <laughs> cheers cheers this has been office talk with raleigh magazine i hope after hanging out with us you feel more like a raleigh insider you can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. Want more of Raleigh Magazine in between issues? Visit RaleighMag.com and subscribe to our newsletters. They come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five-minute read keeps you up to date. And especially on Friday, dish on this. Where to eat, where to drink, what to do this weekend. Subscribe for free at RaleighMag.com.